When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. It was one announcement on a Saturday night in Beijing that set off events that caused a multi-billion-dollar stock market sell-off and the collapse of a multi-billion-dollar industry. On the second last Saturday in July, Beijing announced a series of new rules for companies offering after-school tutoring services. The headline was basically this: No company offering tutoring services for subjects that appear on the school curriculum in mainland China are allowed to list on foreign stock markets. None of these companies are allowed to have foreign investors anymore, and most importantly, they're no longer allowed to make a profit. The result was almost immediate. Companies closed down almost overnight. Some tutors were given as little as 20 minutes' notice that they had lost their jobs, while others were told to wait and see. And the particular type of parent, the ziwa, became very anxious about what their options were going to be to ensure their child has the education needed for success. It's a massive shock to China's education system. Hundreds of thousands of teachers and students are affected. And it's a massive shock to Wall Street and the investors who have poured billions of dollars into companies expanding after-school teaching services in mainland China. But what happens next? Welcome to the latest edition of Inside China. I'm Xin Meishen. Once again, we find ourselves on a wild ride for Chinese companies, American investors, and everyone stuck in between as Beijing flexes its market regulation muscles. So, as we do quite often on this podcast, a reminder to you, dear listener, that this is a developing story, and any new announcements from Beijing that might occur between me saying these words and you hearing them will be reported and analyzed at our website at cmp.com. So let's get started. Let's get schooled on the education earthquake that's just happened across mainland China. Here's the TLDR version of the Chinese education system. In the U.S., you sit your SATs. That's the big test you sit at the end of high school. In China, it's the National Higher Education Entrance Examination, known by everyone here as Gaokao. It's the single biggest annual education event in the world. Each year, millions of young Chinese students take the test, and it determines what university you can apply for. You spend the entire last year of high school studying for this test. The pressure is huge; it can make or break your future. For kids outside of big cities in poor areas, it's your tickets out of there. For the rich kids, if you fail your Gaokao, it can impact your whole family. And for the middle-class mom and dads, it's all about competition. Competition with all the other parents who want their kids to have one of the very limited places in Chinese universities. 
So they spend huge amounts of money on after-school tutors to make sure their child has the best chance to get the best Gaokao results. Last year, as people around the world dealt with the idea of working from home, and millions of parents around the world started dealing with their children learning from home, something happened in mainland China. The demand for after-school tutoring in mainland China exploded. IA Media Research estimated that China's online education market grew 10% last year to a value of 70 billion U.S. dollars. And with that came the growth of publicly listed companies running these online education platforms, attracting huge financing through the mainland Chinese stock market, as well as Hong Kong and Wall Street. There were 13 separate Chinese education institutions publicly listed last year. Only one of those listed in mainland China. The rest were in Hong Kong and the United States. You're going to hear from two of my colleagues following this story, Coco Feng in Beijing and Cici Zhou here in Hong Kong. So, Coco, could you walk us through what just happened? Um, how long did it take for the Saturday night news to filter through the classroom? So on a Saturday afternoon, there was a policy from the education ministry that basically bans all the off-campus tutoring companies from making profits. So for local regulators, they haven't actually implemented that ban. So everybody is kind of waiting for it to be actually implemented. Um, but we just talked to like industry workers and parents and stuff to look at their re- reactions and their future plans. So that's what we have done so far. So Coco, you have been speaking to uh, tutors and parents. What are you hearing? So um, for tutors, I spoke to like workers who work for the largest tutoring companies in China. I think it depends on what kind of jobs they do. Uh, if they do like teaching and tutoring, they're more worried than those who do programming products. Do you know of any tutors who's been recently laid off because of the policy? The policy didn't come like abruptly. There was a signal in the beginning of this year, and then during the two sessions, the top le- the top annual uh, legislative meeting, China's president Xi Jinping also called uh, off-campus tutoring like a social problem. And then there was some signals uh, in the market for months. The tutoring companies, big and small, they're preparing for some uh, really harsh crackdown to come. So, um, And also there was a new minors protection law in June, which bans uh, tutoring for preschoolers. So tell us about the parents that you have talked to, uh, what about Mary in Chengdu? Yeah, she is a typical Chinese mom who registered her son, a 10-year-old boy, for the summer school for both Chinese and maths. She just told me that she is doing what other parents do because the local government hasn't really implemented a ban yet. So the class was still on. Uh, so how much has Mary been spending on her kid on off-campus tutoring? So for the summer course only, she spent 7,000 yuan, which is equal to like more than $1,000 for both maths and, and Chinese. It's just like 20 sessions, not the whole summer. And it's more than one month's salary. I think it's more than 
average monthly income、uh, of the locals in in Chengdu city. That's a lot of money to spend in one summer.、Um, did she tell you why she's doing it? Because of the exams.、Uh, because like in China, students are assessed by how many exam scores they get. She said that、um, after her son took the training classes, his maths, for example, has really improved. It doesn't only cost her money, but also she has to drive her son to the school, which is about half an hour's drive every day. <laughs> And she's also working, so it takes her a lot of efforts to to raise her son, to educate her son. So Coco, what is Mary's plans now?、Um, you mentioned that there might、uh, it might lead to an underground market for tutoring.、Um, tell us about that. So she basically she said that she will just follow what other parents do. I mean, if other parents hire like private one-on-one tutor for their child, she will probably do the same. So Coco, we've both been through Gaokao. Can we explain the experience、um, to our Western audiences? In China,、uh, we have the right to get education from grade one to grade nine, which is called the compulsory education right.、Um, and after that, only like half of students can get to the high school.、Um, and then after high school,、um, only about like. Three to five percent of students can go to the top thirty-nine tw-、uh, universities in China. So it's a very, very competitive、uh, environment. For myself,、um, I I went to a boarding school, and our, our schedule at the time was very, very tight. We got up at like six、uh, or six thirty in the morning. And、um, we do like we, we do like exercises and and lessons through to ten thirty p.m. in the evening, and then go, go to our dorm.、Uh, the last year of high school wasn't about learning new knowledge; it was just about like repeating and what what you learned for the first two years, and just you know taking the. the、uh, Exams of past years to practice your exam skills over and over again. So it's not about learning anymore. It's just about practicing and repetition. <laughs> What is the sense you're getting from、um, either parents or people in the industry about、uh, what's going to happen next? Because the demand for tutoring is still there, right?、Um, so would that lead to、um, another kind of private tutoring, or what's going to happen? So for tutoring schools, they are going to expect less profit,、um, and since they are not going to be able to teach during the weekend and holidays, they will schedule the lessons at the evenings from Monday to Friday, and some of them are going to shift to vocational training and high school tutoring. But the market is obviously much smaller. For parents, I think the desire for hiring a tutor is still there. As I mentioned before, that it's all about competition. If everybody else is isn't doing any tutoring, they will just stop. But I don't think that will be the case.、Um, I, I think I think Chinese parents just want more for their their children. Coco Fang, thanks for your time. Thank you.
As critical news stories emerging from China continue to shape lives and business around the world, the weekly SCMP Global Impact Newsletter brings you expert analyses and insights on the economics of COVID-19, society, technology, and the environment. Sign up to receive your weekly email at scmp.com newsletters. So this was reported as a huge surprise for both the tutoring companies and their parent companies on Wall Street. But CC, can you take us through some of the early indications of a crackdown? There will definitely be some impact on the foreign investment. First of all, a lot of those tutoring companies they were listed in the U.S. That means the U.S. investors can. By the shares of those companies, we can take last year as an example. You know, it was a boom of the after-school tutoring sector during the pandemic because a lot of classes moved to the online model, and then the demand for the after-school tutoring was surging during the pandemic. There was an increase of uh, new companies uh, started during the pandemic, and then they were also dramatically getting more funds. Before this crackdown, the industry was already, you know, booming, and that also means a lot of companies are at the stage of the pre-IPO, and then they are trying to get a lot of funds, including、uh, fundings from foreign investors. So for the world, the, this news broke in July, but、uh, something happened in March. Can you walk us through that? You know, for years there have been so many complaints about China's education, including those、uh, after-school tutoring classes. And then the education ministry has been trying to do something. So, for example, in March, the education ministry called for a meeting with representatives from. A few of the after-school tutoring giants based in Beijing, and then telling them that okay, so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna treat your all your handouts as publications. You know, in China, all publications has to be pre-censored. And then those representatives said, okay, we will fully cooperate, but this cannot be changed overnight because. It's gonna take time for us to change our teaching materials, and then before there's any detailed plan came out, this directive of the of a massive crackdown by the state council came out. Sisi, you've been speaking to some people who think there's more to this than just ending foreign involvement in China's after-school education.、Uh, what exactly are you hearing? Yeah. So, from the people that I spoke to, including scholars and people from this very industry, they tend to think that the central government has always, you know. Highly value the ideological control because they think that ideology education has always to be mastered by the central government, but not the private sector. That's one concern. Another concern is because those after-school tutoring classes were it's essential、uh, in students' examinations, and in China, you know. The only way to、uh, get success is to go to a very good university. Once there are so many、uh, Chinese students go to universities,、uh, that means the middle class will get much stronger. 
Some political science expert told me that the central government is a little bit concerned about that because they don't want to see a super powerful middle class.、Um, on the one hand, they have to rely on the middle class for the economic growth, but once it grows too powerful, that will be a challenge force for the central government. Maybe they don't want to see that. So in my introduction, I referred to a Chinese word、uh, about a particular type of parents, the ziwa.、Um, um, now, people listening in the U.S., Australia, and elsewhere are probably more familiar with the helicopter parent, the mom or dad who pays extreme attention to every single experience or problem of their child. So, what is a ziwa parent in China, and what part do they play in this story? Nowadays, "jiwa"、uh, is quite a buzzword on Chinese social media. Literally, it means inject the chicken blood into your child's body, which may still, you know, hard to understand for our foreign audiences. Well, you can understand it like you、uh, inject the steroid into your kid, so they will become super excited, and then they will work so hard, and then they will get high. Scores in their examinations, so the ways to jiwa for the parents, including continually、uh, sending your kids to this after-school tutoring classes and、uh, give them, you know, endless homework to do, you know, sending them to piano classes, dancing classes, like any classes that you can imagine, so that. Their children can stand outstanding among their classmates. And Sissy, what are you hearing about the future of、uh, after-school tutoring? The demand from parents seems to still be there.、Um, so, will the industry try and survive? So, the future of the industry is really, you know, doomed. I will not say it's uncertain. It's quite, you know, the industry is already quite doomed. Looking at the uh, regulation um, from the state, state council, you can see they are very serious. But the problem is that the demand is still there. The parents will definitely not stop sending their kids to the after tutoring schools because in China examinations or the so-called Gaokao college entrance examination is still the only way for kids to you know live a better life when they when they grow up. So what they're gonna do? They will definitely, you know, for parents, they will definitely hire private tutors、uh, to their home to、uh, tutor their children, which、um, I hear a lot of parents are already doing. Or if the families are not rich enough, you know, some of the they can, you know, it's like a group buy. They can, you know,、uh, call their、uh, friends. And three to five children from different families, and they they can have a group by and hire one private tutor to their home. It's like an underground industry, and they it will also be a headache for the authorities to crack down. So it sounds like the industry is about to go underground.、Uh, and at the moment, we're in the middle of the summer break holidays,、uh, which is normally the peak season for after-school tutoring. Uh, has the industry stopped? It hasn't fully stopped now because、um, for those students who are taking the summer classes, they have already paid the tuition, and the, most of them even, you know, have paid the tuition for the autumn because it's always、uh, it's it's a prepaid industry. 
the students, you know, as I mentioned before, after the pandemic, a lot of those tutorial classes have moved online, and then for the students who are taking online classes, it's still going on. But we don't know what will happen after autumn. We already know this、uh, directive from State Council in China. You know, all policies has to be implemented by、uh, detailed plans from、uh, local governments, and then. And today we haven't seen there's any detailed plans、uh, from any local government, but、uh, I expect they will come out soon. So we have to wait and see to what extent the local governments will implement the central government's regulation. That's all from me in this week's Inside China podcast. A big thanks to Coco Phone in our Beijing office, and a big congratulations to Cici Zhou, who spoke to me just after walking back in the office from the Hong Kong News Awards, where she took home the trophy for best business news reporting. Don't forget to keep up to date with everything that's happening in Hong Kong, mainland China, and our region at our website scmp.com. Thanks to the colorful and exuberant people who comment on this podcast on YouTube. And for those people who post nice reviews about us on iTunes, you're beautiful. Thank you. My name is Simeshin. Thanks for listening. Keep that mask on. Get that vaccine. Stay safe. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free, or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.